He's Christian. He's Jimmer. Welcome back to two PTs and a bag of chips. A very nice looking bag of chips. Yeah. Kettle maple bacon. Maple bacon. It's almost like a chicken and waffles. Well, the bag shows pancakes with maple syrup and butter and bacon. Even though they're not maple pancake and butter and bacon and syrup. They're just maple. Bacon. Yeah. Chips. Yeah, they smell maple bacon-y. I haven't yeah, it's too early. Yet. It's yeah. too early. Today we're going to cover stress factors and also review the kettle maple bacon chips. That's right. But stress fractures. Not a good term. No, Sometimes let's start a good with term. That. You want to start with that? Yeah, let's start with a stress fracture. I mean, it's I, kind of a misnomer. It's not always a fracture, right? No, Just like people like to confuse fractures and breaks and cracks and they're they're all kind of synonyms for the same word, a disruption of the bony structure. But a lot of times stress fractures are more of an irritation of the bone than an actual true fracture, which would be why they don't always show up on x-rays. Yeah, the the more common vernacular nowadays is stress reaction. Did you say vernacular? I did. I thought that was one of those things that goes up a hill. Funicular. I don't know what you're talking about. Like one of those, uh, one of those uh, trains that goes up a really steep hill. Isn't that a cog railway? Yeah, I think it's also called a funicular. Okay. Either way, I like that. That was good vernacular. Yeah. So uh, stress reaction is more closely associated with what's actually going on. There's a spot in the bone that's getting stressed, and the body can't quite cope with that stress, and as a result, you get a reaction. Yeah. Pain being the, the main culprit that, that limits people. Pain, inflammation. Muscle <laughs> irritation around there is pretty darn common. Yep. Not usually a tremendous amount of swelling or visible irritation, but yeah, pain is probably the biggest one that we see. For sure. We, uh, we discussed a little bit when we did the uh, stress or the shin splint episode, I should say. We did? Yeah, we did. Okay. I was back in there. We'll post that out there. But stress fractures or stress reactions, as we're going to call them the rest of the show, are much more common in females. Is that hormonal? Partly hormonal. What's the other part? There's something to do with alignment is a big one. Oh, I see. So... Excessive stresses. Yeah. Imbalances. Yep. So the biggest one, interestingly enough, is more of a varus misalignment as opposed to a valgus misalignment, which is what you wouldn't think. You're talking about varus in the knee or varus in... Yes, the okay. knee, the tibia, the subtalar, the forefoot. They've associated with varus almost across the lower extremity, which hmm. is quite interesting. Varus is um, the opposite of valgus. Thanks for clearing that up, Jimmer. Very helpful. I just, I'm just trying to be helpful here. Varus meaning? So the best way to think of it is probably like the cowboy stance, so bow-legged. And valgus meaning? Knock-kneed. So what Both you have... awful terms, but very descriptive. But that's the way we know them, the common vernacular, if you, you know will. how we remembered it in the Netherlands? No. Varus, the first three letters, coincide with farken. So if you put your heels together and a farken can run through your knees, uh-huh. that's varus. Okay. Not even kidding. 
Is that purely your class, or is that the association they give to everybody? Everybody. Is that the Donkey's Bridge they give everybody? That is correct. Donkey's Bridge being the translated word for... Eselsbruggetje. (laughs) Which is like a mnemonic. It's a way to remember something. But in the Netherlands, we call it a Donkey's Bridge. We're totally off topic here. (laughs) Which is fine. Stress reaction. Women, excessive veras. I'm just rehashing for Yeah, yeah. so uh, females at the D1 level, so D1 athletics college level, have a 2 to 1 ratio to have a stress reaction versus males. And in the military, it is almost a 3 to 1. Wow. Yeah. Surprising. Is uh, is this consistently lower extremity? Yeah, lower extremity. Yeah, lower extremity. So this will be in the tibia, which is the most common, which we also call a, a shin splint, and then which we see a lot less of but does occur is the femur. We also get at the fifth metatarsal, which is kind of a little toe on the foot but the closer in portion. And then we also talk about pelvis a little bit. Yeah, those are the pelvis one, the, 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 especially the attachment of the rectus femoris um, or iliopsoas, pretty common in soccer players. Mm-hmm. Kickers. Yeah. Running accounts for almost 50% of all cases. So sports with running and or just running by itself are going to be the main problems. Yep. With these We've things. had our fair share of, uh, of track athletes with yeah. uh, fifth med head stress fractures. We actually now have a femoral stress fracture, which was, and I, I'm not supposed to say stress fractures, stress reaction. Yeah. The fifth metatarsal ones we see in soccer players a lot. I don't know what exactly it is about adding a ball in that makes it a little bit more common, but it but it does for some reason. I don't know why. A lot of planting, cutting, yep. change of direction. Kicking, maybe outside of the foot kicking. I, I'm not sure exactly why we see that so much, but we do. I think we tend to see it more in younger individuals because the bony structure is not fully done growing yet, and so there's more extensibility in your bones at that age, and so you're you're probably more likely to get a spot that that gets more irritated and your body will then start to respond to that spot and that's how you get that stress reaction yep it's almost like a hot spot like like when you're hiking and you get a blister Mm -hmm. constant stress in the same spot bone reacts to that and bone is a growing medium yep so the irritation will create pain inflammation subsequent change in gait and reason for physical therapy so it goes back to Wolf's Law. Wolf's Law says that your body responds to the stresses placed upon it. So if you're placing more stress in one area than prior, you get a stress reaction in those areas. And so tibial stress is the most common, the shin splint, and that's usually for more activity due to, due to running. And that's the same for femoral, same for fifth, same for pelvis. It's very common. Biggest problem that we're running into here is proper diagnosis. Yeah. Right? You don't see it on an x-ray, so that's that's tricky. So you can have pain in your leg, and, and you can kind of poke around and be like, oh, I wonder if it's a stress fracture, and you hear this fracture again, and then you go to take an x-ray, and there's nothing there. It doesn't really catch it until it's way too late. Once it starts to heal up, right, you'll yeah. see maybe an outline, or you see some callus depositing, some extra calcium. But, yeah, the the, the better way to... To, to diagnose it is based on symptoms, stress, and if you want to do any kind of imaging, maybe a CT or a bone scan. Yeah, MRI is also really good. 
Bone scan is, is not very common, so you don't see that too often. You use that more often with uh, like osteoporosis or osteopenia a little bit, but you do see it there. And that just shows activity within the bone, how much activity is happening or not. You also pick up a lot of cancers with that one, so they tend not to do that very often in the... Pretty expensive. Yeah. But in terms of treatment, I mean, nowadays you'll see six weeks non-weight bearing is becoming standard which is really un- annoying for a lot of people. It's tough. Yeah, especially if you're, you're, we're talking with athletes, right? And usually when athletes increase their activity levels, so they're getting closer to a competition or they're increasing their training, the last thing they want to do is shut down for six weeks. Yeah. So if you're starting to get signs and symptoms of pain in your shin, pain in your thigh, pain in your foot, sometimes it's better to uh, take one week off rather than six weeks three weeks later or five weeks later or whatever that time frame may be. Yeah, and we can't hammer this home enough with younger athletes and their parents. If, if there is any indication that there's something wrong, either your child is limping or appears to be in agony but is not talking to you, you know, that bring them this conversation, tell them that if you're open and honest and there's pain, treating it sooner rather than later will prevent a lot of this long-term shutdown. Yeah. It's most common after change in intensity, usually an increase in intensity in sport. So say you've been playing once a week for, for the whole summer and now the season starts and now you're playing five days a week. That's a big change. That's when we see it a fair amount. We'll also see it if you're that you're playing hockey over the winter and then you go to play lacrosse and now you're changing up the kind of activity you're doing and there's not a, a lot of headway leading up to that, any training, and you start going full speed in lacrosse, you'll start to get it at that point in time. Those are the most common ways we probably see it here, I would think. In terms of uh, surgery, it does happen from time to time. The surgery is pretty pretty brutal because they basically hammer a big nail into the long bone, so into your femur, into your tibia. In your foot, they'll do a, a screw. Usually in their pelvis, they'll also do a screw if they have to. And the reason for that is because the trauma isn't acute necessarily. It's sort of a long-term trauma. It doesn't really respond well to casting or kind of inactivity. If, if it doesn't respond well to that, then surgery is kind of the next step, which is a much, much longer recovery. Yeah, not, not super common. Not super common. No, thankfully, not super common. And then going back to the hormonal thing, I mean, it definitely is associated with not menstruating in girls, which is interesting. What's the term for that? There's a... It's not an unhappy triad, but it's, it's a female athlete triad. Female athlete triad. That's I don't think they it. call it that anymore, though. Yeah, I don't know if what they call it now, but yeah. So, change in change in intensity of training, change in nutrition can sometimes lead to absent yeah, periods, and uh, and yeah. that can that can lead to an increase in hormonal imbalance and subsequent stress um, irritations. I almost said fracture. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard to change the verbiage after you've used it, it for so long. It is. So in summary, if you think you've got something going on, get it checked out sooner rather than later. Don't let it get carried away. Plus, and this is probably just as important, if, if there's something that you are contributing to the excessive stress, like what Christian mentioned earlier, if there's a change in alignment um, or um, a change in mechanics that can contribute to this, having that assessed is probably as important as the rest because you want to prevent this from occurring again. 
So having a proper biomechanical assessment can be very beneficial too while you're resting the, um, the affected site. Yeah. That was my stomach. Wow. Pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. Trivia time. Trivia's good. Last week's trivia. What is the driest place on earth? TJ Scalia nailed it. It's the McMurdo Dry Valleys, which kind of gives it away, in Antarctica. It does? Give it away? Well, it's called the Dry Valleys, man. Could be Death Valley. That's dry. That's dry, too. Uh, so, yeah, it hasn't rained in more than two million years, which I also still don't know how they know that, but that's impressive. They probably do that when they take those core... Core samples? Samples, yeah. That shows when it rained? I have no idea. That's Maybe they impressive. Get, Maybe they have, like, a really old um, rain gauge. Maybe they do. Yeah. New question. In what sport would you perform the Fosbury flop? Excellent. Fun times. Chip time! That's even better. Kettle, um, maple bacon, compliments of Stephanie Grover and Kim. They brought it back from Canada, I think. Canada! Came on. They're, um, they're good-looking chips. Good crunch. I can definitely get the... Sweeter than the sweet, yeah. You smell the bacon more than you taste it, I think. There's a hint of salt. Yep. Yeah, you can definitely smell it, but I would say it's predominantly sweet. Yeah, definitely sweeter than I anticipated. Yeah. Maybe it is more pancake, butter, and maple. Um... Which is too bad, because I was kind of looking forward to the whole bacon thing. Just some bacon stuff. Yeah. Good. Not great. No. I'm going one thumb again on this one. Definitely eat it. I'm debating one or two. Yeah, I'm not getting the bacon, which is... I, I guess I'd rather have bacon than maple syrup chips, so if one flavor has to dominate, yeah. I'm going one thumb as well. What was the chip-to-air ratio that you already said? Oh, that was 40% this week. Not not that good. Canadians. I don't know what happened there. The bag was really puffy when we got it. So it might have been transit, though. Transit's been a big issue with chip-to-air yeah. ratio in general. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's not coming. No. Definitely just one thumb. Well, thank you for listening today. Next week, we're going to go over nutrition for recovery with Amanda Turner from Active Fueling, so that's going to be a nice guest. That'll be fun and entertaining. The chip we're going to review is To Be Determined. Ooh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, so uh, we Like when you look in the cupboard and you're not sure which one you're going to grab? No, we're, uh, we're, we're going to... We have... Amanda's going to give us something, but we're not really sure what that's going to be just yet. Is it going to be a healthy chip? Maybe. Probably not. We'll see. Huh. She's... We'll see. We'll see. So if you like the show, tell a friend... Follow, review, subscribe. If you're looking for information on this topic, follow us on the Instagram and our Twitter throughout the week. If you want to know more information about Rebound Therapy, which is the place we both work, which is kind of fun. Actually, you own it, don't you? Yeah, you own it. I just work there. Go to reboundclinic.com. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> ah, just a good change. Mix it up. Yeah, we both hang out here most of the time. Yeah. So come stop by. Say hi. Say hi. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening. <laughs>